Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart And welcome back to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with sunny, sandy footage of a beachy island living Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm your emotional support volleyball. I am Luke Patrick. I'm the other idiot. Hey, Sam. <laughs> hey, Luke. This week we watched uh, 2000's Castaway. Mm-hmm. And what? What a time it was, Luke. How was your watch? Oh, my watch was fucking excellent. This was one of those movies that we talked about when we began this project. It's like, oh, yeah, we mm-hmm. get to watch X. And uh, we finally did. I will freely admit that I remember this movie being feeling longer than it was. But I am pleased to, to report to you, my friend, that uh, it seemed to go by pretty quick, this flick. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was a quick watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's two hours and uh, 25 minutes, so it's still a lengthy mm-hmm. film. But like, considering that is 30 minutes shy of Saving Private Ryan, it felt completely different. Oh, I know. It's just the, the easiest watch we've had, I think. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> that island living will do it for you every mm-hmm. time. That, you know, breezy, nothing but crabs and coconut milk lifestyle. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty great. How was your watch? Um, it was it was really damn good. Uh, so I took today off work, mm. um, and just had an easy breezy, beautiful cover girl kind of day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we we changed up dinner. Uh, we we had a souvlaki, a lovely Greek dish that uh, Tom, if you ever wanted to be on the podcast, and it's the after times, you're welcome to come to our home and. And have some of that lovely souvlaki uh, dinner. Nice. Uh, and this is my new attempt to try to get Tom on the podcast, which is to to try to ply him with Greek food, uh, as as I know he loves it. Um, but no, a uh, nice easy watch uh, had a brownie in the middle of it, which oh. uh, con- considering the content felt um, unkind, <laughs> to, to be perfectly honest. Um, a little exorbitant, for sure, splurging on a, a rich, rich, velvety, chocolatey brownie uh, while watching a man uh, eat crab sludge for dinner. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
there was one hitch in my watch. Mm. And uh, so, you know, I've never seen this movie before. Yeah. I had I had the broad outlines of, of what to expect, but, but I really didn't know for sure what was going to happen. Um, and then HBO Max's description did ruin it by saying that he was stuck on the island for four years. Yeah, which I, I assumed you knew that he'd be stuck on the island. Was it the four years part that was? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was definitely the four years because I, I figured he was on there for a bit. I did not anticipate four fucking years. Yeah, well, the you know the joke's on you a little bit because that four years got condensed down into about 40 minutes, I think. Oh, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but But still... Uh, fuck you, HBO Max, mm. for for spoiling that. Ooh, spicy. Spicy takes tonight. Yeah, yeah a little bit. So, Luke, should, should we address what's going on right now? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so folks, uh, we're we're gonna try something new for the two thousands, and uh, and that is that Luke and I can see each other mm. as we're recording mm. this podcast. Uh, still, hundreds of miles away from each other, but we have enabled the video. Um, on, on our webcams, uh, and or VR headsets, and <laughs> Luke, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'll just come out and say it. I don't know why, man. I'm cool as a cucumber. I think this is just the the prelude to when our meat sacks can be in the same room together later this year, hopefully yeah. after vaccines are a thing. Uh, so I'm, mm-hmm. I see this as the weird bifurcated. Uh, future that we will soon inhabit so for the folks at home i'm watching sam through his vr headset so that means i'm getting double the sam i'm getting two two uh objective viewports through which i am seeing sam uh he's just got me uh kind of perched mm-hmm. over my keyboard so it's uh yeah i'm seeing it's a whole new I'm world those nice keys there that you got on that clickety clackety oh, board yeah that's a different podcast when we dig into my clickety clack <laughs> thick ass keyboard <laughs> Um, I could break off a chunk of that for you if you want it real quick. Uh, yeah, fucking hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, folks at home. Oh, hear those chunky clickety clacks. Oh, that's oh. getting me in, in the best way. <laughs> God, I hope somebody in our listenership also really likes <laughs> keyboards. Otherwise, we've now wasted upwards of... 10 15 minutes on luke's keyboard yeah. corner uh i'm not <laughs> complaining but no and and we won't stop Mm-mm. but luke i gotta ask how's it feel to be in the 2000s it feels fucking fantastic because well for one i've seen a lot more of the films in the 2000s i'd seen a lot of them in the 90s but uh i think we're mm-hmm. really hitting my stride in terms of having seen tom hanks movies and there's some really good ones uh i would include today's as a movie that i i quite enjoy um yeah i'm excited plus it's not the 90s yeah holy shit did it feel like a breath of fresh air mm-hmm do you uh, uh, do you want to break off a piece of just like how you're feeling '90s re '80s or the brief moments that we've had with Tom Hanks in the 2000s so far? Okay, so so I don't feel like I'm qualified to talk about the 2000s yet. Sure, um, sure. Though though with the small sample that I've gotten, num 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 num, <laughs> so good, <laughs> it's so good, Luke. Um, the the '90s big fucking stinker. Yeah, uh, really. 
really thought I would like the 90s more, but it was far more miserable than the 80s. It made me miss the 80s. Um, and I don't want to go back. Mm-mm. No. I mean, that's the... Uh, here's the crazy part, which is that mm-hmm. we both sat through the 80s and we thought, Bachelor Party, oh, man, Dragnet, fucking <laughs> every time we say goodbye. We thought these were bad movies. And then we didn't realize that it was possible to hurt ourselves with good media. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and it's strange to me that part of the issue with the 90s movies is that they were so long. But today's movie was long, but God, it did not feel like it. Mm-mm. No. And there's just something about, I think it's related to the, the question of do miss Tom. Um I think it's just changed the way that I consume media. I find myself either enjoying it or I'm just waiting for it to finish. Uh, (laughs) Like I'm at the DMV. Like I'm just waiting for my number to be called. And that was a lot of the 90s. Like see Toy Story. It's not a bad movie. But I'm just sitting there for an hour and a half just waiting for Toy Story to be done. And it fucking sucked. (laughs) You're so fucking right. Mm -hmm. It's just like letting it hammer away at you until it finishes <laughs> and then you're like all right cool i'm gonna go to sleep now yeah i'm gonna clean up it's just <laughs> and it's extended to other forms of media too i find that like i have now a very attuned sense to whether or not i'm like engaged with something whether or not i'm just sitting there just waiting um so fucking here's to the 2000s and being able to actively actively enjoy some movies Instead of sort oh, yeah. of passively. I'll, I'll say it was probably the most respectful watch I've had in weeks. Mm. That's what we're fucking looking for right there. After these yeah. long, hard weeks of truly just middle finger up, <laughs> disrespectful watches where we aren't pausing and leaving the room uh, to get various <laughs> brownies and other desserts. That's That's exactly what you want to hear, my friend. Hell yeah. So... You want to break down this plot? Yeah, it's real simple. For those who have not seen Castaway or have never heard of Castaway, uh, Tom Hanks works for FedEx. Dude is stranded on an island for four years. He comes back, and that's it. That's the movie, folks. Oh, shit, Wilson. He also has a volleyball named Wilson that he uh, made, question mark? Yeah, he put his blood on it, and it became a person. Yeah, so he he has his friend Wilson that he talks to. Definitely want to talk more about Wilson. Um, oh yeah. But his his emotional support volleyball is a part of this for sure. That's pretty much it. I mean, there's some island stuff of him learning to fish and exist on an island. But then, literally, the biggest smash cut in history happens when he's on the island yes. for like a month, and then they just smash cut. And throw up some uh, some titles that say four years later. It's the biggest jump I think I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, and and legit caught me by surprise because mm-hmm. he he does island tooth surgery, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, smashes his head on the ground, and then four years later yeah. we get the coarsest, cuttest Tom Hanks oh. we've seen to date yeah he's coarse ground pepper this man is he's just all (laughs) oh yeah he's so trim he's got no body fat at all this is hey you wanted a coarse tom sam (laughs) oh i got a coarse (laughs) fucking tom (laughs) they pulled him off the showroom floor just for you this is the coarsest tom (laughs) they can possibly source and it did not disappoint Mm -mm. heck no 
so so yeah, I'll I'll just jump in the review right now. This was fucking captivating. Yeah, right? See, I'm uh, so envious uh, because you get to see this for the first time. How was that first time watch? So fucking good. Oh yeah. I mean, like again, I knew the the broad outline of a, a FedEx plane was going to crash and he was going to be on an island and a volleyball named Wilson would show up. And that's it. Yeah. But holy shit, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um like the the opening, even if you like vaguely know what's g- going to happen or I assume if you completely know what's going to happen, still maintains like this like very like tangible like tension. Mhm. That that is so good. Um, I mean, at times it it sort of bleeds into like kind of like slow jerk edging kind of uh, <laughs> territory where it's just like, oh, look at this family that that adores him and look at him making future plans and kind of proposing to this woman and telling her he'll be right back. You know, he's never coming back. Yeah. You know, that plane's going the fuck down. And so so on that front, but it still fucking works. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm frankly, I was only okay with that harrowing depiction of a plane crash because there's no chance I can travel for <laughs> the next few months. It is brutal. There's a couple things I'd forgotten about this film. One is that island time goes by real quick. I forgot how much of this is not on the island because mm-hmm. that's what I remembered the most of. And then two, yeah, that plane crash is brutal, my friend. Yeah, it's it's some rough stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh and and look, I've I've put a few hours into Microsoft Flight Simulator. You don't you don't want the plane making that many beeps and 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 horns at you. Yeah, or losing <laughs> pressure. Uh, I think that's bad. I'm pretty sure. I yeah, haven't spent as much time with pretty, flight sim, but pretty what what we pilots would call suboptimal. Mm, yeah, love hearing the professional lingo. That's what makes it <laughs> for me. Well, my dude, I am so glad that you enjoyed this movie because this is one of my favorites uh, from Tom Hanks. I think I I would believe it. Um, I like and and I'll say I was surprised by how little time we spent on the island, Mm -hmm. and to a degree, I was disappointed that we got back to to real life so soon. Yeah, but then it it worked so well Mm -hmm. uh, because like seeing him cope with like how everything changed. Yes. Uh, was so well done and I, I actually love the scene where he's like so you gotta do some explaining Tennessee has a football team now <laughs> and she's just like right shit four years yeah that was see I watched this with uh, my wife and our housemate and uh, my friend every single one of us thought we just kept joking about how like nobody really seems to get except for his uh, partner whose name Kelly I think is her name right mm-hmm. uh, nobody seems to get it except Kelly that he's been on an island for four years <laughs> like they got him so there's this great scene where he's in his hotel after they get back and FedEx is treating him and all the employees are there and there's the full table of food and the lighter yeah. just like the two things he didn't have um, huge impact but then we were joking about how they got him fucking sushi and crab this is a man who's yeah, been on an island dick. for four years. Get that man some red meat and some chicken stack. <laughs> yeah, why would some you not feed bread. this man a steak and give him a whiskey? <laughs> Jesus, anything but seafood. Mm-hmm. Unless they're trying to like wean him into it. 
<laughs> like, what if they're like, okay, if we hit him with like a fucking like ten ounce New York strip right now, he'll die. Yeah, he will shit so. his intestines out if we feed him <laughs> any kind of ribeye right now. So, so we gotta we gotta ease him into these waters with sushi. It's got some rice on it. That's gonna be tough on him, but he can handle it. You, you know, you're joking, but that's a good point. They would probably <laughs> just like slim fast for the first couple days. Get him yeah. used to processed foods again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, or that scene where uh, he has the Swiss Army knife at the very end, and he's like, "God damn it! Mm-hmm. This would have been nice." Yeah. Uh, so many good little moments where they they really hammer home what the experience was like, and so I'm I'm with you. I I genuinely remember there being more island time, and there's plenty of it, but it like I had a vivid memory of him spear fishing and then that actual scene is immediately after the smash cut where he chucks a spear like a fucking pro right um i remember that being a longer scene and being like hell yeah tom hanks you've learned to fish uh it was pretty short so i don't know maybe maybe it's just some weird butterfly effect uh or yeah mandela effect thing yeah i mean who who knows Mm -hmm. uh maybe you just really really want to see that that <laughs> fucking narrow ass uh, uh scraggly as hell tom just just working for that fish yeah it could be maybe i like to see a man fish for his supper maybe maybe that is all it is <laughs> maybe so luke mm-hmm. a lot of this movie has to do with uh fedex hey which i have some questions about that but go ahead okay yeah you, no 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 I want to hear these questions. So I just have one major question, which is, is this product placement question oh, 100%. mark? Oh, 100%. This is, uh, <laughs> this is Fed, a movie where the opening of it is FedEx connecting families around the world. Mm. Uh, it literally shows a package going across the fucking planet to connect uh, like two people. Mm-hmm. And then like this boy want, running through uh, the streets of Moscow with a fucking FedEx package, and it just is a FedEx commercial with Tom Hanks in it. Which is fair, except for it'd be like if Qantas uh, product placed the first episode of Lost, because there is a plane that goes down <laughs> with a bunch of packages. <laughs> there, There is a plane that goes down. It's Look, it's not a great look for FedEx, mm-hmm. but it does show. The FedEx, they care, and they get the job done because Tom Hanks, a FedEx employee, does deliver that package four years and some months later. Yeah, it's so true. And that leads into one of my other questions for you, Sam. What's in the box that he delivers? I've been meaning to ask you this for so long, and I finally get to ask you what you think is in the box at the end of Castaway. So, I, I've i got a similar question for you once I answer this, but okay. I... <laughs> I mean, it's got to be something that she straight up does not need anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's got to be like a, a cutout of a magazine article that someone wanted her to read. Mm-hmm. About like uh, David Duchovny or something. Just <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And she's like, oh, I... I don't. I don't really. I read this already. I yeah. They just sent it again after after a couple weeks. Um, what do you think is in the box? See, I think that that's probably true. Is that it's something like oven mitts or something that she definitely it's fine. She's got it. It's mm-hmm. fine. The alternative is that, uh, <laughs> as my wife pointed out, 
What if it was fucking prepper rations? Like it's just a box full of like the <laughs> best, highest quality prepper rations and like a Yeah, just knife. a bunch of like US Army MREs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a big ass Bowie knife <laughs> and a lighter and just like <laughs> everything he could have possibly have wanted. Um oh, I've I fucking love it. It's better than the idea that just popped in my head was fucking insulin. Hmm. That would have been bad. Yeah, I mean, that one you actually have a case for who's having a worse time because of this plane crash, the people <laughs> on it or that person. That's fair. I mean, given that uh, four out of the five people on it did die, yeah. I, f- I feel like it's got to be the people on the plane. Yeah, for um, sure. But but my question for you, Luke, mm-hmm. is what were those uh, uh, VCR tapes of? Hey, I tried really hard to read them and I couldn't see it. So uh, is there a definitive answer or are we speculating with science here? We're speculating because I be- I believe it was in like Japanese mm. or, or some kind of similar script, which yeah. I, I can't read. So, yeah, I can take a flying guess if you want. Sure. Yeah. I think it's KFC training videos. Uh yeah, just, you know, those real sizzle reels they show you when you start working at a fast food joint. And it's all about health <laughs> uh-huh. safety and it's narrated by, like, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. or somebody. Like, yeah. Ha, I'm Colonel Harlan Sanders and I'm here to tell you about cooking your chicken to the proper temperature. Yeah. This is how you take the temperature of the chicken here at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, exactly. Or my alter- alternate theory is that, uh, I don't know, was Man versus Wild or Bear Grylls? Were, were either, was there something like that? It would have been just fucking excellent if it was a box set of How to Survive in the Wild on VHS. <laughs> uh, I, surely there was something like that yeah. in, in the mid-90s. There had to be. Well, what do you think was, was on those tapes? Oh, tentacle porn. 100%. <laughs> hours and hours and hours of tentacle porn. Why did I even ask? Of course it was. Absolutely. Yeah. The the most depraved shit you've ever seen in your entire life. Mm. Uh, just days worth, really. Yeah. And I've seen some shit, Sam, and I'm not opposed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. Look, let me put it this way. If Tom had seen it, he would have had a worse time on that island. Mm. I mean, he is surrounded by ocean. I feel like the, the fantasy potential of that would have been pretty pretty <laughs> huge. Uh, if he'd only had a goddamn VHS player, an outlet, and a TV, he, he could have made a lot of dreams happen. Oh, he could have. He could have. Um, but this brings me to uh, uh, something that we did special for this one, which is... Hey, Luke, Mm -hmm. what's in the box that I sent you? (laughs) I'm so excited for this. So for the folks at home, Sam sent me a box that says FedEx on the side and Sharpie. It is extremely, uh, you know, on point official branding. Mm -hmm. And it arrived last week. Uh, It's just just been sitting in your home. Yeah. uh, uh, Waiting. Much Uh, like much like Tom Hanks with that final box. It's just been sitting around in my house staring at me. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm super curious to see it. I, I guess I'll go ahead and open it. Well, before you do, do you have any guesses? So you had to print something out for this. I may have. I genuinely have no fucking clue what's in this box, and it terrifies me. So, All right, dig the fuck in, man. 
Okay, here we go. So I've got some oh, gold. I'm so excited for this. Gold wrapping paper, or gold uh, gold tissue paper. A lot of gold Ooh, tissue that's paper. Good. That's good audio. Yeah, get some of that audio going. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit, Sam. <laughs> These are legit copies of the Conspiracy <laughs> Corner journals. <laughs> They're just as insane. Is it the same page over and over, Sam? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. It's the same couple of pages focused on ATAR <laughs> over and over. Uh, I have the list in front of me now of all of the different uh, versions of Tom. Uh, I see highlights like Jack the Ripper and uh, <laughs> yeah. a bunch of question marks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is good. And the, the uh, cutout that you made of Atar from the Burbs when Atar yeah. made his so, first appearance. So what you have there are uh, nine copies of two different versions. Uh, one with the, the photo of Atar folded down and one up so that you can see the whole sort of web. Mm, I gotcha. And I see what else is in this box. And Sam, it's, it's topical. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to start with uh, this t-shirt. <laughs> that says Hanxious when it's been too long since Hanks has made a new movie which <laughs> I fucking adore I'm gonna wear this everywhere are you kidding me fuck yeah man oh my god Hanxious when it's been too long since Hanks has made a movie fuck I'm gonna just stunt everywhere with this thing uh, but more importantly, I think, uh, for everybody concerned, Sam has now armed me with some textbooks. Um, one on uh, demons and demonology uh, by mm -hmm. one Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Uh, it appears to be a in-depth overview of demons and demonology. Uh, oh, it's comprehensive. Oh, this is extensive stuff right here, my friends. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll try to take a photo of all of these, these pieces, too, so we can put it up somewhere. Um, and then uh, I think most importantly, of, uh, you know, out of all these things, you've sent me the history and legacy of Israel's National Intelligence a Agency, a book <laughs> called The Mossad. <laughs> yup. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Sam! Well, thank you. Um, you're you're so welcome. Fuck! This is also an extensive and extremely thorough uh, <laughs> just <laughs> breakdown of everything that the Mossad has done. Um, yeah, you know we need it. Yeah, uh, as we delve deeper in into this intricate web that Tom is caught up in, we we need to arm ourselves with knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is extremely important, and I feel like I now have the tools and the apparel uh, to yes. spread the good the good gospel of uh, Tom Hanks's various conspiracies to the rest of the world. And Luke, you have the roadmap. Mm -hmm. A sort of reference guide that I have drawn up for you. I do. I have many copies of it. Like a psychotic <laughs> person would print them. Uh, make them and print them. It's, uh, it's fucking well worth the wait. I gotta tell you, that was, that was way better than whatever I expected to be in there. And I didn't expect anything to be in there. So expectations well, were, were correctly set and so well, so well met, my friend. I'm I'm so glad to hear it and uh, and let that serve as a as a happy Hanukkah and a happy New Year for you. <laughs> well, thank you, 
the Mossad is pretty topical uh, in that sense. <laughs> it's uh, it's so, excellent. Um, there was there was something I wanted to bring up in the movie. Yeah, I've got a couple of quick thoughts for you. Do you want to just fire them, fire them back and forth here? Sure. Yeah. You want to start? Uh, no, you go for it. Okay. Hey, this movie shows Tom pissing again. Hey, bud, in all caps, Tom Hanks pees in every movie. And and did you clock how thick the stream of piss was in this one? <laughs> you mean loud enough to be heard over the ocean breakers? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah. I did, sir. Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. So he's he's got to have a, a big fucking dick, right? I mean, we got a lot of loincloth play in this this episode of the podcast as well, so... I'm thinking. I mean, yeah. we did, we did see his pubes for a hot second on mm-hmm. that raft. Yep. So, so yeah. I mean, he's he's packing a lot, and so that that sort of brings me to to question one B, which is, if you if you took a blacklight to that island, <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a Jackson Pollock, my friend. <laughs> I it would have to. I mean, he spent four years there with just him and a volleyball mm-hmm. uh, yeah and hey no I mean, judgments if you want to go full henry david thoreau all over the place i mean that's that's fair oh yeah no i'm not gonna complain the the guy look four years is a long time mm-hmm. to not sort of to play around with your dingling so yeah i yeah, have at it tom uh with <laughs> with that big meaty member of yours yeah for sure. Uh, well, a quick question for you, my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's not a question. It is a question, but I just want to talk about it real quick. So in the beginning, in the like place setting piece of this movie, when they're showing you him and his, his partner and uh, whatnot, they, yeah. there's a brief moment where the TV that's on says that Santa was cleared to fly. He visited the VA. Hey, is Santa a fucking vet? And if so, <laughs> what war do you think Santa fought in? Oh, I'm. I mean, I feel like someone, only someone with military training, mm. could carry out the complicated operation of bringing children, uh, bringing toys to all the the good children of the world. So true. Uh, and and also surveil all the children of the world to determine whether or not they are good or bad. Also true. <laughs> so. I don't know why I'm going to this one, but it's got to be Korea, right? It's got to be Korea. I'm glad we're on the same page. It has to be Korea. <laughs> Clearly, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, uh, served in Korea. I don't know why. I think it just fits. I think in my head, Santa's like a, an elderly boomer, uh, mm-hmm. like a real early boomer. And uh, yeah, it has to be Korea. <laughs> 100%. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know how he got the training in Korea to mm. to do what he does now or what happened before uh, the Korean War. Yeah. Uh, I guess Christmas didn't exist. Yeah, I don't think it did until uh, Coca-Cola made it in the 40s. So I think all of this lines up as a, a little yeah. mini, mini conspiracy corner for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that all sounds pretty, pretty fair to me. Yeah. So... I had a a, a thought mm-hmm. during the movie. Um, you know, I got to tell you, I think it was pretty strange, a pretty bad strategy by FedEx to to deliver those packages to that one island. 
Because <laughs> nobody lives there? Yeah. No, I just... I. I got to tell you, if it's a remote place, I don't think you down a plane and kill four people to deliver a few packages <laughs> to one island. It's it just true. It's real expensive. It's it's irregular behavior, and it's definitely not good <laughs> for the bottom line uh, or for human health. Yeah, that's that's yeah. fair, man. Yeah, we hey, we got to get uh, seventy two hours worth of tentacle porn to some <laughs> some island six hundred miles south of the Cook Islands. Let's down a plane and kill four people. <laughs> That seems like the cheapest way to get it there. Hey, I have a theory about this, um, uh-huh. which is that the the foreshadowing in this movie is blistering. I don't know if it came through. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that didn't occur to me until I watched it this time is that she hands him a watch. Kelly does before he uh, gets on the plane, hands him a watch that uh, her grandfather had in the South Pacific, presumably mm-hmm. in the war. My yeah. my th- little pocket theory, if you will, is that this pocket watch wants to be in the South Pacific. <laughs> and anyone that has it is going to wake up on a fucking island uh, yeah, near Iwo Jima. So, so, so you think she's going to give it to her kid and somehow that kid's mm-hmm. going to end up fucking stranded in the South Pacific. Yeah, that kid's going to try to go to Hawaii and then they're going to offshoot by several hundred <laughs> miles. <laughs> God, we just live in Tahiti now. It's fine. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, that's Are my you happy, th- watch? <laughs> so that's my theory about it. It could explain why FedEx resorted to such strange practices. But, uh, you know, you got to do <laughs> you got to do with uh, the cards that you're, you've been handed. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so. I, I wanted to run this by you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Tom reads a card that was with uh, the volleyball that became Wilson. Um, and the card read, Johnny, have the happiest birthday ever. Score, love, your grandma. Yeah. And do you, th- do you think the score is necessary? <laughs> no, nor do I understand it. What the fuck is happening? Did somebody have a stroke? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it's not a good card. <laughs> no. Well, um, I was just thinking, was it like a sports-themed car, it, card? And No, it was not. No, um, it was just like, the world's a beautiful place. Yeah. Score. Love your grandma. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing, is Tom's reading of it was genuinely strange, because it was Johnny, have the happiest birthday ever, score, love your grandma. <laughs> it's like... Hey man, with that reading, it's like, well, what the fuck? Yeah, four years, my dude. You know, he gets a lot of. See, this is the other thing we <laughs> talked about as a house: is what can you get away with now that you've been on an island for four years? And I feel like poorly reading a card, you can for sure get away with. I'd say sure. up to up to at least one murder, you could walk away <laughs> from for sure. I did find myself like wondering, like, what what happens after? Because you can't just like come back and then like go to fucking work again. Mm-mm. Heck no. There's there's nah. no like, you're like oh nine to five again. No man. Yeah. You th- fucking lived island time for four years. Yeah, this is a man that's gonna be eating packing tape and walking around in his underwear before the <laughs> end of the day for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, it just it's so strange. I I was happy to see uh Tom Hanks shitting in this movie. We get a brief yeah. glimpse. Um, which which is something that he'd be doing a lot with uh, down in all those coconuts and oh oh uh, Luke I'm I'm getting something off the wire here oh bring it on in it's, catch catch it's a live I- one it's IMDb facts brought to you by McKenna 
Man, I'm so excited for this one because this feels sometimes we can just feel when a movie's going to have some really tasty IMDb facts. And I feel like plucked fresh from the sea, these facts are going to be just mm, exquisite. Oh, Luke, they're they're fresh and they're wriggling still. Mm. Um, so to look uh, kind of average, like in like an average middle aged man and kind of out of shape, uh, Tom just stopped exercising and sort of let himself uh, uh, put on some weight. Mm. And uh, that halted production for a year so that he could lose 50 pounds and grow out his hair. Jesus Christ. That only took a Mm -hmm. year? That's an impressive amount of hair growth. Yeah. Yeah. Because my hair's been growing for about a year, and it is not not to the same level as Tom's. Mm -mm. No, dude has like full-on Grateful Dead concert hair. I oh, mean, yeah. it's impressive. It's it is. And and on that note, the blonde hair that's his, my friend. Holy shit. Mhm. So there's no there's no wig involved. This is just all Tom. Nope. That's that's a uh, uh, pure 100% natural Tom headbush. Yeah, is this the nasty man? Is this his <laughs> truest uh, most pure <laughs> incarnation? <laughs> This is, so, if you do an x-ray of Tom Hanks, what you see is is this character, and that's Mr. Nasty. Mm, yeah, I love <laughs> this, it. This is Mr. Nasty under all of that Tom. Mm-hmm. There he is, the core of Tom. Excellent. Um, After the movie came out, mm-hmm. job applications for FedEx went up 30%. Wow. See, that proves it. It's got to be product placement. Oh, yeah. This is a recruitment video, which is strange <laughs> because four FedEx employees die and one is uh, <laughs> assumed to be dead for yeah. four years. I just would have expected this to be a harder sell with legal, you know, <laughs> like, hey, we're, we're spending 30 million on this movie. And uh, by the way, four people are going to die and the plane's going to go down. Okay, bye. Like, but hey, when he comes back, they show themselves to be just a great family. You that's know? true. Yeah. They do rally Come. around him. No one says a negative thing. They do feed nope. him sushi like a bunch of inconsiderate <laughs> assholes. <laughs> yeah, because uh, especially raw fish, like you fucking assholes cook it <laughs> at, at the very minimum. <laughs> fucking char grill some shit. He, yeah. The best he's had is like kind of lukewarm over a fire. You fuck. Yeah, completely fair, and will co-sign that whole statement. Um, and then our last fact here, um, a lot of, if not most, of the night scenes mm-hmm. actually filmed during the day. Hey, I'm no film expert, but I think I could fucking see that because it kind of just looks like a day shot, but then they just made everything darker through the film. Yeah, a little bit. That's pretty much what they did. They just kind of made it darker in post. Mm. That explains a lot. That or I just figured islands work different. Um, But hey, you you know what? When you're out there slinging film or, you know, whatever we say in this industry, uh, Uh you you (laughs) got to do what you got to do. Let's see. Uh, Did you have any other thoughts? Um, Not really. I do have one final question for you, I guess. Uh huh. Which is is Wilson his friend or his nemesis? <laughs> it's a toughie. Can it can can Wilson be both? 
I think so. Maybe it's a contentious friendship. I th- I think so. Um, I I th- I think there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Um, and I don't I don't necessarily feel qualified to to really speak to what kind of relationship mm, that is. I understand. That's fair because it's hard because whenever he talks to him, it's almost like Wilson is over there in the corner just going like, "You piece of shit, you'll never mm-hmm. get off this island, yeah. you motherfucker." Uh, the way that he kind of talks back to this fucking volleyball. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of a tough love situation, I think. Yeah, for sure. That's fair. Um, well, that's that's all I got. That's my last little uh, probing thought. Yeah, well, um, with that, Luke, um, I, I have to... I've got four years worth of life insurance payments <laughs> from when the government uh, definitely thought I was dead. Um... Would you like to come with me to the Hanks Bank to get that sorted out? Absolutely. Let's go do your paperwork. Let's go. Luke, I'm going to need you to paint a face uh, in blood on a ball and worship it. It's time to come with me to the Conspiracy Corner. Oh, yeah. That may take some time, uh, but I will start the process of drawing my own blood uh, for these purposes. Do, um... Do what you have to, because, Luke, something happened on that island in 1995. Mm, mm, Man, I'm excited. Something, something troubling. Mm. And, and something that, that I think is going to cause us some problems. Okay. 1995. Tom Hanks as Chuck Noland, uh, who, they're the same person, but he was under the, uh, alter ego of Chuck Noland. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, crashed in the South Pacific and made his way to a small island. Uh, a FedEx box washed up on the shore of that island that contained a volleyball. Tom Hanks, in a in a fit of rage after cutting his hand, hit the volleyball volleyball and put a bloody handprint on it. Mm-hmm. He then named the volleyball Wilson. Oh shit! And over four years, personifying. And building upon Wilson, Tom Hanks summoned Atar to this plane. Oh my God! See, I thought this was gonna take a take a run at some demonology stuff because uh, we got yep. we got blood sacrifice, we got uh, mm-hmm. genuflecting, genuflecting at an altar, we got uh, personifying a, a an effigy. We have so many yeah. things here. I haven't even yeah, read you- this book you sent me yet, Sam, and already I can see it. <laughs> It's you know I I like to think just by osmosis mm-hmm. it's sort of it's it's having its the desired effect yeah but um previously uh as we've discussed in in the conspiracy corner Atar has been interfering with Tom mm. and yeah. and this has largely been from Atar's plane of existence uh the hell realm but but in this act uh, over these four years. Tom did summon Atar to our plane. Okay. And he's here now. And I don't know what he's been doing, and I don't know what he will do. Mm. But I do know one thing. That this act of summoning bonded Tom to Atar. Hmm. Okay. So just to be clear, everything that we've said about the conspiracy, the Atar conspiracy, stands. It was just from the hell plane. And what you're positing here... Is that anything from this point forward, past 1995, uh, yes. ATAR is is in our own corporeal realm? Yes. Okay. And, 
and he is he's free because as we see in the film wilson floats away yes yeah and yeah, he's yeah. on that big beautiful blue ocean that tom's been using as a toilet for four years <laughs> and and he, and Antar is free yeah and and he'll he'll infect uh he'll possess he'll he'll do whatever he needs to yeah uh but but he's here now now here's the other thing that may complicate things mm-hmm. so it, we can assume that everything prior to now was Atar interfering from his realm, mm-hmm. which I think the evidence points to because sure. he's always had some kind of helper. Sid, the Ricky kid whose <laughs> last name I'm not even going to take a run at. Yeah. Um, he's always had some helper, but this now he doesn't. However, I also don't think Atar experiences time the same way we do. Mm. Hey, real quick, Sam, I will give you $5 American if you can name Ricky's last name. Butler. Okay, I owe you five bucks. You pulled it oh, out. Fuck pulled yeah. it from the ether. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I wanted to say Dalton. Mm-hmm. I and know I, you did. I, <laughs> I knew that that my knee-jerk reaction is is wrong when it comes to Ricky's. Mm, yeah. So so I knew I couldn't I couldn't do Ricky Dalton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fair. Okay. Well, qu- quick aside aside. Uh so Atar, Atar's out here. He's going to possess. He's going to take over. Yeah. And and so I think what we see from here on out is going to be Atar directly interfering. Mm. Um and and probably growing more powerful. Yeah. You know what? That would explain a lot, not least of which the um, you know, more full impact of Toy Stories three and four, sort of the emotional mm-hmm. reckoning that they created. I think so. Yeah, I can see it, my friend. And have you ever wondered how Tom Hanks got COVID so early? Oh shit! Yeah. Oh shit, Sam! You're thinking that's Atar? You think that's Atar coming? I th- I think that's Atar coming. I think he's coming, <laughs> and he's coming hard, and he's coming fast damn dude and all because of just fucking tom why'd you do it man why'd you I worship don't think the beach he meant ball? to i <sighs> they already had that connection mm-hmm. he, atar just needed the blood sacrifice and tom inadvertently gave it to him yeah as well as sort of the the faith the 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 summoning energy the power that he poured into that volleyball mm-hmm. that that brought atar t- to us I think this explains a lot because only a a corporeal demon could have created uh, Polar Express. That explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I'm so worried about Polar Express. (laughs) As you should be. Uh, Yeah, that specifically is making a lot of sense from this theory, my friend. Yeah, so uh, that's all I've got for the corner today. But I think... I think it's some pretty game-changing shit. Oh, I am so excited for the 2000s now. I mean, we have such big ATAR hits coming, I think. And I am... Oh, yeah. I'm stoked to, to break them down with you as, as we hit them, my friend. Oh, yeah. So uh, so let's let's head out of the conspiracy corner. Cool. Yeah, so so Luke, um, this week we, we made a new friend, didn't we? We did make a new friend. A very unexpected, but... Uh, pretty great new friend yeah and and he made an impression early on didn't he 
<laughs> that he did. Do you, uh, I think you remembered him better. Would you like to break down the scene in which we first see our new friend? Yes. So, so our new friend appears in the movie, uh, pretty early on. Um, he, uh, we, we see a woman in Texas shipping a package via FedEx, a wonderful, lovely company. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, and it, then we show it arriving in Moscow and a man in a cowboy hat answers the door in Moscow. And that folks is our new friend. Hmm. Yeah, and you had a name for him, didn't you? Uh, the the Moscow boy, Moscow boy, the the Moscow cowboy, or the Moscow boy. <laughs> uh, but Luke, his legal name is Everett. Ooh, Everett's such a good, strong Moscow boy name. I love that. Yeah. So, Luke, what's what's Everett doing in Moscow? So, he's seen at the door with a woman. And he says, this package is from my wife. Now, Sam, there's an easy way out here, and I don't (laughs) want to take it. The easy way out is to say that he has a Russian mistress. Now, I'm telling you, that's not what's happening here. That's not whoever it is. No, Everett is an upstanding family man. No, that woman (laughs) at the door, see, when Everett was born, he was actually born twins, and they were separated at birth and uh, to to Russian parents. And for for whatever reason... uh, (laughs) Due to some conflict, uh, his sister was shipped off to Moscow, and then he was shipped off to old Amarillo, Texas. Uh, uh, who had it worse? <laughs> <laughs> A game we could well play. Um, but that's, that's who I'm positing that the, the woman is. Now, Sam, how do you think he uh, ended up in Russia? Well, so it's, it's 1995, and so... I think in 95, we have just started to get into some of the kind of genealogy stuff mm. that people have been interested in. Yeah. And so I think I think Everett started digging in to his family history, trying to figure out where he came from, uh, who his birth parents were. And then that's when he found his long lost twin sister, Katerina. Mm-hmm. Nice, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and Everett said, well... Gosh dang it, I'm I gotta go meet my sister Katarina. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the wall came down not that long ago. It's you know maybe a little uncomfortable to go to Russia this soon. Sure, uh, they're they're just now taking down the the Lenin plaques, but God damn it, she's blood. <laughs> uh, so so off to Moscow he went, but not not in the way you think. Mm, okay. He sailed. Oh, so Everett's a sailing Moscow boy. Uh, yes, he calls it he calls it the water horse, <laughs> and <laughs> he he rides it uh, just as well as he rides a stallion. Yeah, I would believe that. Everett looks like a man who knows his way around a water horse. Weird that he doesn't call it the seahorse. <laughs> Um, the water horse specifically. Now, he, he grew up in Amarillo, Luke, so you got to cut him a little slack. Yeah, on a, on a staunchly cowboyist uh, ranch where they don't, mm-hmm. they don't even know about the ocean. That's not a thing. No, it's, it makes his ability to sail so well all the more puzzling. Mm, yeah, something in the blood. You know, maybe, maybe there's some sailors in the past and this is what 
differentiated him from his uh, adopted family is that he always had a hankering to go out <laughs> to the big water. And mm-hmm. then uh, one day he showed up and he pulled out that uh, that water horse and away he went off to Moscow. There he went. Yeehaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's he's been in in Russia for for quite some time. And yet he's only picked up uh, three three bits of Russian. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's Stravutia, Spasiba and Dasvidanya. Yeah. Which is hello. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> what more do you need, Sam? If you're, uh, you know what? To be fair, though, Everett doesn't use that much more in English. Uh, that's pretty much how he communicates with the world. He's a real quiet loner type cowboy. Ooh, he's he's tight lipped. That Everett. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he he speaks with his stature. Yeah, I think. this is a man who commands a room, whether he's on a, a water horse or in a saloon uh, or just a local Hardee's. This is a man who really controls the space that he's in or even standing on a stoop in (laughs) in uh, the former soviet union yeah in a bathrobe for sure yeah a bathrobe and a and a cowboy hat luke Mm, always with a cowboy hat that's how you know he's the musk cowboy oh of course uh so uh, luke what what do you think happens with everett so i think Obviously, Everett wants to get back to Texas. Like he loves his water horse, uh, mm-hmm. but I think I think eventually he would like to end up back in Texas. Um, so what they do is they split the difference and they move to Siberia, uh, as everyone knows, <laughs> which is the Texas of uh, Russia. <laughs> big big cowboy country yeah. there in Russia. Yeah, I think he just uh, hauls out there. And he's got uh, you know a nice snowmobile, a nice little cottage. He moves the family out from Amarillo. Uh, <laughs> his wife and uh, plentiful children. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yep. I'm thinking that's the the rough details. Is just a clean exit to Siberia, uh, and, probably with his sister. Oh yeah, yeah. I think she's there with with her family. It's it's sort of a modern family situation, but mm. Russian style. Oh, um, I would watch the shit out of a show about Everett in Siberia with his American <laughs> family and Russian Russian sister Katerina. It's so good. Everett, the Siberian cowboy, and his twin sister. <laughs> Fuck. Hijinks ensue. Fuck. I mean, that alone is a better pitch than Bosom Buddies. <laughs> it's so much fucking better. Uh, but and and I think he lives a happy life. Yeah. As, as all our friends do. Cold. Very Ooh. cold. Yeah, for sure. It's it's extremely cold there. He didn't anticipate it, but being the cowboy he is, he's not going to complain. Yeah, he he does have to trade his stallion for a yak, but uh, but he makes it work. <laughs> you do what you can for sure. You know he's trying out there. He's trying to have it all. Yeah. Well, Luke, I think it's about time to look towards next week, don't you? Yeah, I think so. And uh, and Luke, next week we'll be watching uh, 2002's Road to Perdition. Mm, a movie I have not seen for once. And I have. Which is a fucking first for this podcast, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's pretty buck-fucking-wild. So, Luke, what do you think it's about? Holy shit, my friend. I've never been on this end of the stick before. I know, I'm, I'm like, thrown off, frankly. Yeah, um, knowing that you have all of the power here, um... 
Well, working with that that dynamic, uh, I have been told that Tom Hanks is some kind of assassin or hitman or something. Um, mm-hmm. But that is the extent to which I know anything about this movie. So I'm going to assume that it's essentially uh, The Sopranos. But uh, instead of focusing on Tony Soprano, we're going to focus on just one of the, the soldiers, which is going to be Tom Hanks. And it's going to be a uh, light cut. This is not a, a full dramatic HBO. This is going to be like a Barry type situation uh, where we're going to get some fun Tarantino-esque violence. Um, but, you know, mixed in with some nice pop culture references. Maybe someone's going to eat some McDonald's at some point. Uh, that's my guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I can't wait for you to watch this one. Mm, now I'm so excited. Uh, and and that's all I'll say on that. Nice. Um, so uh, until then, folks, you can uh you can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. You can find us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can. Uh, uh, look at our photos on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod, or you can drop us a line at uh, uh, Hanksy Panksy Pod at gmail.com. Um, if you too would like to send Luke a package, uh, you could mail that to <laughs> God damn it, Road Unit, oh, Colorado, United God States. Damn it, I have to edit uh, this now. <laughs> I have to edit it. <laughs> so uh, just just blast his cash with with your uh, with your packages there, um, and and actually uh, one more thing on on a more serious note, uh, before our next episode, uh, I just kind of wanted to to recommend a podcast to everyone. Uh, so uh, a friend of mine. Uh, Jillian started a new podcast called The Sick Girl Missives, uh, along with her friend Jillian, and it is spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a podcast where they uh, talk about living with chronic illnesses, and um, it is earnest and heartfelt and thought provoking and funny and just just kind. It is yeah. it is such a lovely podcast go give them a listen they're on anchor you can find them on uh, spotify as well uh and and just go go give them a listen it's a it's a great show they're just starting out uh and they have new episodes every other sunday so uh so give them a listen and that's the sick girl missives excellent and oh i'd also like to give a, a shout out to ryan boyd for our kick-ass intro music uh, you can find them on Twitter at Ryan Droid, D-R-O-Y-D. Luke, you got that final quote for us. I do. And it's from uh, Tom Hanks talking to a, a volleyball, and it is, Back in Memphis, my dentist's name is James Spaulding. <laughs> Wackity schmackity do. <laughs> Uh, well, folks, we'll be back next week with 2002's Road to Perdition. Thanks again for listening.